Welcome to this Endo Life episode 63. I'm Jessica Duffin and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. This episode is sponsored by my friends at BU. BU patches are naturally made patches that, like a plaster, stick onto your abdomen or lower back and deliver soothing relief to painful cramps with natural essential oils. As you might have guessed from all the reviews I've shared, BU period patches are proven to be hugely popular in the endo community. And as a result, the BU team have been getting great feedback about how they best work for the community. The patches are most commonly used in the morning before work or school and in the evenings before bed so that people with endo or painful periods can be prepared for the day ahead or get a better night's sleep uninterrupted by pain. If you're anything like me and your periods come at night, these patches might make all the difference and they they certainly do for me. They help me sleep through, whereas before I'd wake up in pain. They come in a pack of five, so they should last for the majority of your period and you can subscribe to get them every month. They're $6.99 for a pack or $4.99 if you go for a subscription. To shop, just head to the link in my show notes and start soothing period cramps the natural way. This episode is also sponsored by my free guide, Managing Endometriosis Naturally. This guide is perfect for anyone just starting out on this journey of managing and reducing their symptoms. This 16-page guide takes you through the natural treatment options and holistic lifestyle changes that I made to begin reducing my symptoms. If you're feeling overwhelmed by which type of complementary therapy to choose from or you're a bit confused by the endometriosis diet, this guide could really help you to get a good overview and allow you to begin taking steps to feeling better. As always, this guide doesn't replace your medical treatment and it's not intended to treat or cure endometriosis but it does provide you with options that helped me to live well with endometriosis so you can begin experimenting or finding out what works for you. To download just head to the show notes and follow the link and you can get your free copy. So guys um, as you know or you might not know um, my first book uh, ebook called This Endo Life it starts with breakfast is out on Monday the 18th of November for newsletter subscribers. Um, You guys will be getting access first and we'll have um, a special discount and um, yeah, access to some thank you gifts. Um, And then it will be going public, um, going public. That sounds like you can buy shares in my book. (laughs) You can't do that. It will be available to the rest of the world, um, not just the people in my newsletter, not just you guys, um, on Wednesday, the 20th of November, it will be available on Amazon, um, unless something really unfortunate happens. This is the first time I've done anything like this. So, um, yeah, we'll see, but it will be out. And someone asked me if they were allowed to print it, um, for their own use at home, of course, like they were concerned about copyright. So of course, like if you don't like using a Kindle or reading stuff off your phone or your iPad, like you can totally like print it. Um, like if you were printing it and selling it, 
then that might be a problem. But if you're just printing it at home for your own use, then it's absolutely fine. So the book is a nutrition guide and cookbook for living and thriving with endometriosis. And it is a plant-based cookbook um, simply because that is the diet that I follow for eating for endo. But um, numerous times in the book, I talk about a flexible approach to eating for endo and that we're not all suited for plant-based diets. We It's down to genetics and it's down to what suits us and our values and our lifestyle. So this book is for anyone. Um, you can add, like I, I say it, you can literally change every recipe to add in whatever animal protein that you want. So by all means, um, yeah, anyone can read it. There's no judgment. Um, it's not like a vegan book. It's just a plant-based book and it happens to be plant-based because that's what I, um, I know I wouldn't be able to create something using, using meat or dairy because I don't eat it. So I wouldn't be able to test it, um, which would make no sense. Um, but I literally explore like the different types of diets that you can use for managing endometriosis like the the different inf the different diets that have been shown to be anti-inflammatory so that you know that obviously includes me so yes I just wanted to let you know um about that that it's plant-based but anyone can use it and of course the book is all about the different kinds of nutrients and foods that you need to help manage endometriosis and kind of the research behind them. So any it's it's for anyone who wants to learn about nutrition for endo. Also, it is um, obviously about breakfasts and you'll find out why in a minute. Um, the cookbook is anyway, not not the nutrition guide. That's not just about breakfast. Um, but today I thought I would read you the first three, I don't know what they would call them because it's not its not a chapter. I'm going to read you the introduction um, because even if you don't read, even if you don't buy the book, which is totally fine, um, I just feel like the beginning of the book, the introduction, um, it tells you about my story and it talks about what I want for you in terms of your health and your happiness. And I would hope that it's motivating and inspiring and um, gives you a bit of a insight into the transformation that's possible um, and gives you some like motivation to, to make change if you feel that you need to make some change. And if you are interested in buying the book, then obviously it gives you a bit of a taster into the book and whether it's... Um, you know, right for you, of any use for you. Okay, so um, this is going to be weird, reading a book. It's a little bit like me doing a Kindle version, but um, here we go. Introduction. Five years ago, I was living with crippling exhaustion, depression, anxiety, bloating, brain fog, and worst of all, acute period pain. My period crept up on me way too quickly and always by surprise. Weirdly enough, it also always came at night, meaning I spent long, painful nights with the lights off so I wouldn't wake my boyfriend, rocking back and forth, running baths, doing yoga, crying, getting high, sitting as close as our, to our heater as I could without burning myself, making herbal teas, taking painkillers, everything and anything. The morning would come and the pain would still be there. Perhaps not so bad, but there nevertheless. 
If I ate anything, my pain shot skywards and my stomach twisted into knots. So off I'd go to a stressful job on an hour's sleep, all the while walking around with a brick in my pelvis. I honestly don't know how I made it through those days. But this was not my first experience with endometriosis. I was diagnosed two years earlier, but it had taken about five years to get a diagnosis. When I came round from my first surgery, I vaguely remember the surgeon telling me that they had found a small amount of endo and that it was gone now. And that was that. In my morphine-induced state, I was pretty happy with the verdict. I had no idea what endometriosis really was, and though my friend told me it could come back, I didn't believe it would, or at least I told myself that. I dealt with the news through denial. I brushed it off, and I thought if I didn't think about it or invest any energy into it, that it would just cease to exist in my life. I thought it was a problem that I had, which was now gone. It breaks my heart to think of this now, because if I had just had taken some time to research it, I would have realised that the low energy, stomach issues, brain fog, allergies and migraines that were all still very much present were all linked to the condition. I could have stopped bullying myself for being weak. I could have stopped blaming myself for leaving my business, for taking a gap year from uni due to exhaustion and never going back for not being able to keep up with every single person in my life, for being too slow, too tired, too feeble. So when my endometriosis did come back, it took me by surprise and returned with a vengeance. There was no obvious warnings, but now I understand the condition. I can see that the fatigue and brain fog had gradually increased in the months beforehand. My body was fighting it long before I was conscious of its return. And then the pain arrived, with one big life-changing blow, right in the first month of my new relationship. For the next several months, I was rocked by agony and my personal life and career unravelled before my eyes. Before I knew it, I was working four days a week, coming in late, working from home and having frank conversations with my manager about whether I was really really suitable for my role any longer. I lived in a permanent state of fear that I would be fired at any moment and as I spiralled into depression and anxiety, the murky Thames below the bridge I crossed every day became more and more appealing. My saving grace was the sabbatical I had booked to Cape Town to go and see close family friends. After a lengthy referral process, I was on a waiting list for surgery but had to defer it as it was likely due to fall during the trip. In a desperate bid to feel well whilst away, I started toying with the idea of eating for endometriosis. As a part of this process, I was tested for intolerances and allergies, stomach conditions such as Crohn's and ulcerative colitis and celiac disease running my family. Especially I had these continuous stomach problems that only seemed to be worsening and were getting in the way of my life. Whilst we were in Cape Town, my results came through. I was severely intolerant to dairy and gluten, which made a lot of sense, and I had sensitivities to some nuts and soy. Though allergy and intolerance tests aren't always the most reliable methods for identifying food sensitivities, elimination diets are usually more accurate, this information was the catalyst I needed to make the changes I was already looking into for endometriosis. Essentially, I adopted an anti-inflammatory diet, cutting out dairy, gluten, alcohol, caffeine, sugar and soy. By cutting out the foods that are associated with inflammation and were also causing my immune system to react, I was hoping to lessen the impact inflammation was having on my pain levels. It's worth stating here that I was already vegetarian, so this also meant going vegan. I decided not to eat eggs as well as dairy, as they often contain added hormones and even dioxins which disrupt human hormones. Because I had wanted to go vegan anyway, it made sense to go all in. 
I cut out soy because I was unsure of the impact that could have on endometriosis at the time. Research was both advocating for and against it, so I felt it was a safer bet to go about. I instead started eating lots of vegetables, low sugar fruits, gluten-free grains, beans and legumes, nuts and seeds and good fats. I went from drinking up to three cups of coffee a day with three teaspoons of sugar, yes, three, to none at all. In fact, I came off all sugar, except for the occasional low sugar fruits like berries, for a whole month. My first period post-anti-inflammatory diet arrived and I gritted my teeth. It came and it went, without any pain. I waited, but the waves never washed over me. Even now, I find it hard to believe. It was like I was a different person, a different body. It felt nothing short of a miracle. When I realised how good I felt, I became furious that it was so hard for me to have found this information in the first place. I thought about how badly my life had been affected and all of the others out there going through the same, unable to track down the knowledge that could potentially help them to at least get some of their life back. And so, this endolife was born. Since then, I've been on a journey of adapting, developing and learning about my version of the endo diet. I've spent years researching, trialing, testing and writing up my findings on my blog and in articles for various endometriosis outlets. I've interviewed incredible endometriosis experts from Henrietta Norton to Hiba Shahid on my podcast and have deep dived into the various ways we can manage endometriosis. I've even embarked on training, studying at the Integrative Women's Health Institute to become a women's health coach specialising in endometriosis. As a result of all these years investigating, my nutrition for endometriosis has evolved. These days, I eat for energy, hormone balance, blood sugar stability, gut health, proper detoxification and, of course, to reduce inflammation. It might sound complicated, but they're also linked that most of the approaches I use support multiple areas of my health, if not all. It can be really easy to get bogged down in the details, but the foundations are simple. Good sleep, movement, good nutrition, reduced toxin exposure and stress management. My journey hasn't been linear, and most healing journeys aren't. They can be affected by stress, emotions, life circumstances, lack of resources and so much more. And God knows all of these things have knocked me off course many times. This isn't going to be a story where I tell you how I'm cured of endometriosis. I'm not going to tell you I have perfect energy and perfect periods and a perfect diet. But if I eat well and look after my body, my periods are pain-free or around a one or a two on the pain scale. And I have enough mental clarity and physical energy to take on a project like this. Let me tell you, it's a big one. There's a stark difference between the girl who'd lock herself in, the me- in meeting rooms to cry whilst waves of endopain shot through her and the one who's writing to you now. I'm not without my physical trials. My endometriosis pain has more recently been replaced with pain from painful bladder syndrome or interstitial cystitis, and it's a whole new mountain for me to climb. Just like when I first started out with endometriosis, I don't have any knowledge on how to climb this particular mountain. But what I do have is the knowing that I've climbed a mountain before. Different, yes, but a mountain all the same. And I will have to learn to navigate this mountain, understand its rocky terrain, and spend cold nights out on its jagged landscape, but I know I'm capable. This is what I want for you. I want you to realise that you are capable, that there are options to try. I can't promise you that you'll have pain-free periods or a pain-free cycle. Endo is different for everyone, and in fact, different types of endometriosis respond differently to different treatments, so maybe what works for me won't quite work the same for you. But I do want to give you some power back, 
some tools and information that will help you navigate the terrain of endometriosis that lays before you. It won't be the same path as mine, but I hope by sharing what has helped me, you might find your journey a little easier. Over time, perhaps you'll make more changes. Perhaps you'll start adding more anti-inflammatory foods to the rest of your meals. Maybe you'll start seeing a physio or maybe you'll leave that job that's been causing you stress and pain for the last seven years. Whatever you choose to do, it's your path. But for now, whilst I have your attention, let's start with breakfast. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to the link in my show notes. This episode is also sponsored by my free guide, Managing Endometriosis Naturally. If you don't know where to start with beginning to take a holistic approach to managing your endometriosis symptoms, then this might help you. Um, If you'd like to download it, just head to the show notes and follow the link and you can get your free copy. How to use this book. The world of managing endometriosis can be a complex one. I don't want to make it more complex for you. So, as you might have guessed... I'm starting simply. This book is just a few ideas and tips on how I climbed my mountain. My hope is that these recipes will help you feed your body with nutrients that give it strength and that your blood sugar and energy begins to stabilise and that your inflammation and even pain might begin to lower. Breakfast is my favourite meal and I love nothing more than a delicious brunch on a Saturday morning. When I started eating for endometriosis, it was breakfasts and desserts that I got most excited about experimenting with. And of course, it's the first meal of the day. Creating a stable foundation for our blood sugar and energy at the beginning of the day will help our bodies to function and hormones to perform optimally, giving us more strength, resilience and health to continue forward with our healing. It may be obvious to state, but a sugary, refined breakfast might make us feel better in the moment after a night of pain and no sleep, but it will only cause hormonal instability, energy energy dips can't don't know why that was hard to say and heightening inflammation paving the way for another day and night of pain but please don't hear me wrong this isn't about judgment i love a stack of pancakes as well this book is about simply providing you with some recipes and ideas to get started with creating more endo supporting options that you can add to your diet and lifestyle in a way that suits you but before we dive in let's start the truth i'm not a cook I'm a woman with endometriosis who ate her way to feeling better. Recently, I started watching a few cooking programs on Netflix and I realised that the judges would probably kick me off within the first few episodes. But whilst I may not know the correct way to cut veggies, I have spent years experimenting with healthy foods that have supported me with managing endometriosis. I want you to use these recipes as ideas, as fuel to start your journey of eating for endometriosis. These recipes aren't based in the science of cooking. They're all pretty simple and straightforward. I'm not precious either. Don't feel like you have to stick with the specific ingredients or quantities that I've provided. Feel free to adapt, experiment and have fun so that they suit your taste and your needs. There's also an obvious disclaimer here. I'm not a nutritionist, though I am about to qualify as an integrative health coach. 
Please do not take any of the recommendations in this book as medical advice or as a replacement for your, for your treatment. If you'd like to go down a more natural path of managing endometriosis, I re recommend you do your own research as well as reading this book and seek the support of a health coach or nutritionist if you can afford to, as well as consulting your endo specialist. It is only through the research and training that was done before me that I was even able to think it was possible to live and thrive with endometriosis. This book is an amalgamation of what I have learned on my journey, though this just scratches the surface. I want to thank the experts who have shaped the book with the incredible work they do in the world, including Dr. Jessica Drummond, Dr. Andrew Cook, Danielle Cook, Nicole Jardim, Alisa Vitti, Maisie Hill, Lara Bridden, Henrietta Norton, Dr. Iris Karen Orbrush, I think I've said that right, Dr. Amy Stein, Megan Hallett and Shannon Leparsky. Whilst I'm quite a pro at living with endometriosis, the world of women's health is something I'm still a beginner at, and it's thanks to these experts and their books in, that I was able to piece together my experiences and knowledge thus far, with their wisdom and expertise. I've given you a lot of information in the first part of this book. It's not to frighten you or to scare you into submission, but it's because I want you to be empowered so you can make informed decisions about your health. But don't think you have to overhaul everything right now or at all, if you don't want to. See what feels like a priority for you or that you feel comfortable focusing on and just begin there. As I mentioned, the emphasis of this book is breakfast and just starting to, to make change there. But I wanted to give you some context and knowledge as to why I've chosen the ingredients and dishes that I have for this book. Another thing to note is that some of these recipes are inspired by the hormone-supporting diet recommendations found in Women Code, in Women Code by Elisa Bitti. The recipes are on my own, but some of the food combinations come from the list of foods she suggests to eat more, eat more of in each specific phase of your cycle. Therefore, where this is the case, I've mentioned which phase they might be good for. You could also tweak each recipe to make it more phase-specific. Don't worry and think that every ingredient in this recipe has to be suitable for the phase you're in. It's just about spotlighting these foods and having more of them. I totally recommend Women Code if you'd like to learn more about which foods to eat more of in the four phases of your cycle. Another two great books for this are The Happy Hormone Guide by Shannon Leparsky and The Happy Balance by Megan Hallett and Nicole Jardim. I of course take no credit whatsoever for, Lisa, for Elisa's incredible protocol and think she's a period health genius. I have also created most recipes to, to include good fats, complex carbohydrates, fibre and protein to help blood sugar stability. Why? Well, we'll get into that in more detail later, but stable blood sugar is a key foundation to good hormonal health. To aid with keeping your blood sugar and energy levels stable, I was also conscious of the carbohydrate quantities of each serving, and therefore have created serving sizes in accordance to this. However, I'm not a nutritionist, and if you find that the serving sizes are too small or too little for you, adjust accordingly, and if you'd like, pay attention to how the adjustments make you feel. You can also adjust the components of any meal, such as protein quantity, for example, if you feel that the ratios aren't quite right for you. Like I said earlier, this book is a catalyst for you to get started with, and you can continue building on top of it in any way you like. Finally, if this book ignites your spark to learn more about endometriosis and period health, you may also find the following resources helpful. This Endolife podcast, this Endolife blog, Managing Your Endometriosis Naturally Free Guide, Period Power by Maisie Hill, Period Repair Manual by Lara Bridden, Take Control of Your Endometriosis by Henrietta Norton, Know Your Endo by Jessica Manan, The Endometriosis Health and Diet Program by Dr. Andrew Cook. Judgment Free Zone 
Over the years, I've had discussions with people who have been concerned about the term endometriosis diet. The reason being is that mostly they're worried about it triggering disordered eating. For me, eating for my health has actually been the one thing that has helped me recover from an eating disorder that spanned at least 11 years. Eating this way taught me I needed to eat a varied diet, how to nurture my body and even how to love and respect my body. This approach to eating saved my life in many ways. That being said, I want to be clear that when I use the term diet, I do not mean a diet for weight loss and nor do I mean a one-size-fits-all approach. An endometriosis diet, as I explain in the next section, is different for everyone, but does have some similarities across most plans, like reducing inflammation. If you choose to manage endo with nutrition, you have to create a version of it that works for you and suits your lifestyle. Listen to your body and respond to what feels good and doesn't feel good. Make adjustments where necessary and remind yourself that healing isn't linear. Just because you're eating the right food doesn't mean that endo will behave. Sometimes you need more strings to your endo management bow, from a physiotherapist to a support group. It's up to you to decide the next steps. Choose your own path and know that this book is a judgment-free zone. I am not telling you what to eat or how to live, merely sharing what I have learned on my journey to managing endo and becoming a health coach. Take it, try it on, feel it out, then customise as desired and leave the rest. So that's it. I struggled reading that out loud, so I hope it was smooth and not like, I don't know, too painful to listen to or mundane to listen to or something. I hope that you found it inspiring and motivating and hopeful and encouraging to hear, you know, the the level of pain that I was once in and how that changed. Um, I hope it, you know, hearing about like blood sugar and gut health and you know those kind of things and the approach I take to the endometriosis diet and being non-judgmental I hope that's all kind of made the idea of eating for endometriosis less um, vague but also less like overwhelming and and less like I don't know strict sounding so yeah that's the introduction I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it helped you. Um, Let me know if it did. Instagram me, DM me. If you've got any questions about the book or nutrition for endo, just let me know. Um, I will answer them to the best of my ability in my um, frequently asked questions episode. Um, And yeah, the book is out on November the 18th. For newsletter subscribers, you can sign up um, in my show notes. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, You can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe. It really, truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis. 
This episode was produced by The Pod Farm. Whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started, visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world. Thank you.